0: Check one two. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How What's are you? Tricksy? I'm good. <laughs> I'm doing a little well.
0: frazzled. It's been a busy week.
1: It has. And we are recording. And like most times when we record in a hotel, housekeeping will be knocking on the door to kick us out.
0: You better believe it. <laughs> the good news is we are staying at the Goodwin and they've been gracious hosts to us all week. So why would they stop now? Hopefully they won't be mean at checkout time. I hope not. Yeah. We do have a way of pushing it, though, so we we definitely press our luck on the show. (laughs) But it's only because we pack every minute we can of every city we go to. It's true. Into the show. It's true. And then we record it the Saturday morning we're supposed to be checking out.
1: So here we are, coming at you from the Goodwin Hotel. We have a lot to talk about Hartford, Connecticut. Here we go.
0: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.
1: Hey listeners, ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skiptown All-Stars podcast.
0: Welcome back, All-Stars, to the Hartford, Connecticut edition of Skip Town All-Stars. We're so happy you could join us today. We're happy to be coming to you, as we said, from the Goodwin Hotel. It's a great space. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how this happened?
1: Oh, yeah. So we moved Ellie into uh, Trinity. If you heard the episode with uh, Ellie and Mia, then you know Ellie changed schools. So we decided to, rather than just drop her off, let's visit Hartford and make an episode out of it. Uh, I came across the Goodwin in just research. And most people were telling me not to stay downtown. I guess there's an area of Hartford called West Hartford that is more desirable for people who are bringing their kids to uh, Trinity. But I I wanted to check out the city of Hartford. Sometimes when we get a hotel, we end up just exploring that area. And I felt like we could drive to West Hartford. Yeah, it's a bit of a
0: drive from here.
1: Yeah, we could drive and spend the day there, but it's not a bit of a drive. It's 20 minutes.
0: That's a bit of a drive. I mean, you can't walk it.
1: Okay, right. But it's not like an hour. So uh, <laughs> in any case, um, I just thought, let's stay in downtown. And we could always, you know, check out West Hartford. So that's what I did. I found the good one. It's great. It's like an oasis in the middle of the city, I feel. They have a really fantastic Italian restaurant, which we had dinner in the other night. They have a cute little bar that's open um, in you know after business hours. And they had a live band the other evening. The place is jumping. It was.
0: I was jumping last night. I just had to take a dish down. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my Ugg slippers. And I went down there. I was like, oh my gosh. It's like full on club yeah. scene going on in there. Yeah, I was really out of place.
1: We're in your cl- I'm I generally,
0: sure. I'm out of place, but I was specifically out of place in that moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I guess I was like, where could you have left your dinner plate? I had to bring dinner up to him because he was working a, a grind and mm-hmm. uh, what so he couldn't break. So I brought dinner up to him, but um, I don't think you had to bring that plate down. But in any case, the one thing I did mention, which is that they're open, their bar is open after business hours. And that is a pretty important thing to highlight. And I'll tell you why. Hartford is a real traditional city. And when I say that for any of you that live in a city like New York, like Chicago, like a Miami, you don't really know what that means. A traditional city is a city that closes down after all the business people have left Monday through Friday. So it's a desert. It's Saturday, Sunday, and after five o'clock, there are a few hotel restaurants that are open, a few hotel bars, but you're hard pressed to find food or any kind of nightlife in a traditional downtown, which it's a business city. And um, and we learned that very quickly when we arrived Saturday evening at midnight and woke up Sunday to find breakfast and there was only one place open. I legitimately yeah. one place open. And it was a walk. So um, yeah, we got
0: up early for a change to try and catch breakfast, and we still got burned.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh so we found one place in the city and uh and we walked there to have breakfast and then quickly learned that there is no downtown crowd after 5 p.m.
0: Yeah, all the delis and markets sort of closed down when business shuts down for the day. So when all the insurance brokers, lawyers, doctors are gone, whoever, uh, there's just not a lot to be found here.
1: Yeah. So it made, I'm not going to lie, it made visiting Hartford challenging because James and I like to explore. And there just isn't a lot to explore because it's very much a business city. And it's a very quiet city. So I did learn early on that Most of you, well, Gen Xers most likely, uh, have heard of Hartford, Connecticut, because it is the home of Traveler's Insurance, uh, Hartford Insurance. It at one point was the insurance capital of the country. Uh, Now it's not the hustle and bustle it used to be because insurance companies have now automated their work staff, so, you know, they don't need 20 people to answer phones when they've outsourced it to places, you Bangladesh, know. right. And <laughs> they've automated, they've made it automated as well. So yeah. before where you would call in to pay your insurance bill and speak to a human, you can just do it on the phone and not speak to anyone. Yeah. So that's kind of sad. I have to tell you, you walk around the city and it looks and feels like it was a Mecca at one point and you're just looking around in awe at so many empty spaces.
0: Yeah. So the first several days that we were here, I was really hard-pressed. Like I had to stay near the hotel. I had a lot of work to do. Everybody tuned into The Masked Singer, (laughs) seasons 10 and 11 coming at you soon. (laughs) That's what's keeping the lights on right now. Thank you very much. Um, But anyway. We are
1: legitimately remote working. I mean, as always, but really remote working now.
0: Yeah. But walking around the city the first few days. Remember, we we moved Ellie in to Trinity. Yeah. And that was something we said we were never going to do again Uh as empty nesters. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. But we were coming back. And we didn't listen to our own advice. We did not. We never do. We were coming back. I needed to start work. And I didn't have time to search for a good breakfast place. So you basically just dropped me off on a street corner and I was left. To I my, did. I was left to my own services. And I'm sorry. I, I ended up eating lunch for breakfast that day. I did find a, I walked around the corner. There was a great New York deli here and I saw that there were like 20 construction workers in line. And I said, this has got to be a good place. So I went there. I got my breakfast, per se, which was a turkey provolone with lettuce and tomato. Um, And after that, I I mean, just like the next couple of days, we really were hard pressed unless we got in a car to go, you know, to find a place like there's really nothing within walking distance here of downtown after a certain hour. Actually, that's not true. We did stumble on one place, one street. And that is Pratt.
1: Yeah, there are a few uh, there are a few restaurants on Pratt Street. So here's what's interesting and what we've learned about being in Hartford. Uh, they really have tried to, bring people into the city. They're aware that the city is very quiet. They're aware that people go to West Hartford and don't come to downtown Hartford. Uh, So they really have tried several different ways to revitalize the city. One of them is that they did try to get the Patriots
0: here. Uh, At one point, yeah. Yeah. And they had the Boston Whalers of the NHL here at one point.
1: And so when the Patriots didn't come here, the Whalers are no Sorry, more.
0: I said that wrong. They had the Hartford Whalers here because I said Boston Whalers. That's a
1: that, that's a boat company. That's a boat company. Uh huh. Yeah. I know. It's okay. I just let you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, you
1: sounded like you knew what you were saying. I know, I was very authoritative. They had
0: the Boston Whalers Boat Club here. No, they had the Hartford Whalers of the National Hockey League here at one point. That team is down in Carolina now, I guess.
1: So nobody wanted to stay or come here. Yeah. And so uh, they, like, hey for effort. This city has tried. And now what they're doing is they're they're starting with a street called Pratt Street. Yeah. And they have closed it off sort of like what would be if you're familiar in LA with a third street promenade or any street in your city that closes it off for restaurants and shopkeepers to make it a walkthrough street. And that always is really fun for a, a city. You know, people yeah. can just park their car and just go on foot to wherever. So they've done that. And what they've done also is they're, putting, they're giving every new business owner construction money to build out the space, which is phenomenal if you want to open up a space on Pratt Street. You run into the issue of do you stay open Saturday and Sunday? Now, also, this is a monkey wrench that someone threw at me, which is a lot of remote workers in most cities don't come in on Mondays and Fridays. If they're remote working, it seems to be the norm that they'll come in Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're opening up a business in a city like Hartford that's already quiet and already quiet on Mondays, I'm sorry, already quiet on Saturdays, Sundays, and quiet after 5 p.m., how do you sustain a business with people only here Tuesday through Thursday? And, And I'm not saying I'm the authoritative person on, oh, they're only here Tuesday and Thursday, but that is the norm with remote working now. So what we've experienced, a lot of places were closed on Monday. Yeah. And so I could not figure it out because we're not in the South. And so why are places closed on Mondays? Well, come to find out, it is actually accurate. So I guess I am the authoritative source on this. You are
0: now, especially because our friend Chris downloaded you the other night, like at length, about Connecticut at large, but also specifically a lot about Hartford.
1: Yeah. He he definitely did. Chris Shout out to you, Chris Doyle. He is from an area outside of Hartford, so he was very helpful in explaining to me why I was seeing what I was seeing. But not to mention, we actually spoke to a shopkeeper on Pratt who we're going to do on Ask a Local. So if you at all have been following us on YouTube, we have an offshoot of our show called Ask a Local, where yeah. we do visit a business owner or a local and spend a little time with them. So I spent time and you spent time with Rory. She's a shopkeeper who owns a print shop. In, um, your
0: your favorite enterprise.
1: It's a stationery store. I love it. It's not a print shop. I'm sorry. It's a stationery store. And I swear I'm going to open up a stationery store. So I was really jealous when I saw her beautiful, uh, beautiful store. But she owns a stationery store on Pratt. So she gave us a lot of insight as to what's going on with businesses in Hartford and Pratt Street.
0: And I guess their goal is to expand that street, Pratt Street, into other streets and eventually make it more desirable for people to come down who are not necessarily coming here to work 9 to 5.
1: You know what's surprising? There's a college 10 minutes from here and they do not come those students to downtown Hartford to shop, to eat, to uh, you know, uh socialize, go to the movies. They go to West Hartford. Yeah. The city is doing something or should I say the sh- the city should do more to get that college Involved in downtown, or should the city be more involved with the college? I'm not sure which way it goes, but there, there's there's their students right down the street, yeah, ten th- minutes away,
0: two thousand kids with mommy and daddy's money, yeah, ready who- to spend and ready to do things on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. It's it is weird that they have to Uber or drive to West Hartford to have something to do, uh, especially when and. Uh, specifically around Trinity College, it is a really residential area for the most part around there. But there are avenues where you see a pizza shop and you see opportunities to put in a pub, a shop of some sort, something where like and start building that out to where the kids actually can walk across camp, like walk from campus, spend a little money there. And pretty soon that stuff catches wildfire. You have a whole street of things to do, and it's not just college students going there anymore.
1: Yeah, that brings up a really good point, because we it's noticeable for anybody that is taking their kid to Trinity. It's noticeable that the surrounding area is really depressed. So it would be similar to a USC in Los Angeles, where you have this beautiful campus surrounded by poverty. And yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around because you think as an outsider, why have developers or why have investment bankers not taken the opportunity to open up shops around here? I mean, this is a city planning question. This is a socioeconomic question, meaning like, is it not worth it? But. I can't understand why it's not worth it when you have students that are paying eighty thousand dollars a year to go to a college like a Trinity or a USC. Yeah. Um, USC is hard, and I'll tell you why because LA downtown is so so massive, but Hartford is a, it's a really small city. You guys, it's only one hundred twenty one thousand people. I mean, that's a small city. Uh, the village is one hundred forty five thousand. I mean, this is smaller than the villages in Florida. So. It seems like it can be done, but there's a reason it hasn't been done. And as an outsider, it's it's a little mind-boggling. You just think, open up a cool bar, right? Just start with one. Open up a cool restaurant, and it will spread. Open up a Starbucks, it will spread. But um, they haven't done that. So what ends up happening is that the students, they don't really leave campus.
0: No. I mean, I have a theory, some theories on that, just looking at some of the basic demographics of Hartford. but first off i'll say the level of par- poverty around trinity is not nearly as extreme as the level of poverty around usc so to your point there are opportunities there i mean i don't think it would be welcomed if somebody came in and bought a city block and just raised it and no you know, pushed I, people out not of there at all and everything. i don't
1: i'm not suggesting that yeah, at all but
0: but what, but I do think there's plenty of opportunity to create five or six buildings in that area Yes, where now all of a sudden it's a, like a little commerce center, even for the people, like a fresh market of some sort Okay, for the local community to go there and get fruits and vegetables.
1: We need to talk about instead this. Instead of having
0: to go to a convenience store and eating Slim Jims.
1: Okay. This Hartford is a food desert. It's really unfortunate. If you don't know what a food desert is, it's generally in poor areas where there's no place to eat. You have nothing but, like what you said, a convenience Pre-packaged store. Pre packaged food. Yes. You may, if you're lucky, a McDonald's. But I have to tell you, there's nothing in sight for miles between downtown Hartford and Trinity. Uh, and there's a pocket just outside of the city of Hartford. Um, I would have to say a six block. Span from the edge of the city to Trinity, where it is legitimately a food desert. It's so sad. It's like, where do these people go? There's no supermarket. Uh, There's no place. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I get it. I get it. I understand. No businesses don't want to come in an area that is depressed because there's fears of being robbed. There's fears of obviously people not having the money, the means to buy. product but yeah
0: is it going to be profitable is the biggest question right
1: i think food is a basic need so i think it would be profitable people are going to buy food
0: Yeah, I would agree, especially. uh, So let's get into some demographics. You have your Hispanic. uh, Hartford, as you were looking up, is predominantly Hispanic, like 45 percent or something like that.
1: Yeah. So what's surprising, again, there's so many surprising things because I think that people have an idea of what Connecticut is like. So let me just tell you, Hartford is not the Connecticut in your ideas. Hartford is not the you know, rolling hills, white picket fences. It's not
0: John Adams walking around in long socks anymore.
1: No, it's a city, and these are the, the and these are the stats on the city. So it's forty five percent Hispanic, thirty mm-hmm. percent African American. Right. Then you have like twenty percent white, twenty five. Then you have like 2% Asian, and then you've got like a little bit of mix of like um, Native American, Hawaiian, but um, yeah, predominantly Hispanic, which I'm certain anyone listening is surprised by this because we all have in our head an idea of what Connecticut is when you don't live in Connecticut. Yeah, you think it's
0: all white folks. Yep. But um, going back to the food real quick, let's think about those cultures for a second, and let's think about the actual ingredients they use to prepare the food that they customarily consume tomatoes, fresh ingredients, Mm -hmm. all sorts of rice also. And where do they buy them around here? Like it's gotta be so hard for them to find the things they need to. I mean, I just, I feel like there is an opportunity and you've seen this actually, you've seen this in certain communities across the country where they actually open up a macro food type place in sort of a deprived area. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, boom, everybody's eating apples on their way to school or whatever. You know, it's, it's just if you provide I, I just I'm of the belief that if you build it, they'll come.
1: Right. So when you and said when I you
0: think s- that I think these ethnicities specifically, we're talking about black folks, Hispanic folks, all that, like they use all they use all sorts of vegetables and fruits mm-hmm. in their favorite items. It's true that they traditionally consume.
1: I mean, we've been in and out of downtown Hartford every day. So we've gone at night. We've been, you've been walking around early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see a food truck.
0: No, no food trucks. It's yeah. Actually, that's interesting. Just
1: a salad food truck. Like yeah. I can't understand why there isn't a salad food truck here. Um, there's so many, and it's not a business opportunity. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about basic need. Like why are, are there basic needs not being provided? Oh, that's, that doesn't sound right. Why are, why are people not? I don't know. I don't understand why people aren't here. Like, <laughs> does it make any sense what I'm trying to say? I can't. There's a need here, so why are those needs not being provided? Okay, buy a business, sure, but I'm not. I'm again, I'm not talking about business opportunity. I'm just saying, like, put up a restaurant. Why is there a food desert for a six blocks radius outside of a city? I don't. I don't get it. It's a little disheartening. I'm not going to lie. So being in downtown Hartford hasn't been the fun, normal skip town experience we have in a city because we just didn't realize how quiet it is after five, how there's nothing going on on the weekend, and how uh, depressed and poverty stricken the area is around where we're staying. So basically, this little pocket we're in is kind of an oasis, an island of sorts, uh, until you leave and and hit you know West Hartford, which is twenty minutes out.
0: Um, well, I would I would just add that we've spent more time with the valet downstairs than we have with really anybody else in the city. We people, had to get, we have to get our car all the time.
1: It is true. You can walk. There's just nothing to walk to. There's nothing to really. Do you c- like
0: CVS? They have a CVS.
1: I don't want to walk to CVS. <laughs> uh, I just look. You can walk all around the whole city for sure. I'm not. Yeah. it's a walkable it's not city. not unsafe. Not at all. It's not unsafe. I didn't feel unsafe at all. Uh, you can walk. There's just, it's just building upon building. I, I was, it's just very business esque and there's not a lot to do for a tourist here. I feel in downtown Hartford.
0: I mean, it is a city here. It's a city for sure. People drive in, do their jobs, drive out, you know?
1: Yeah. So, um, now, let's talk a little bit about because we have been here for over a week now. So let's talk a little bit about our interaction with people. What is what has been your interaction with people? Because I have a take on Hartford people in general. And uh, what is yours?
0: Uh, I have not had a ton of interaction with people just because I've been locked down due to work most of the week. But uh, I will say the second time I went into the deli. Uh huh. They were a little warmer to me. And then the third time, the there's a little 10 year old boy helping his dad out behind the counter. And the third time he recognized me and he said hello and he smiled and everything. So, so, only so people warmed up to me. Yeah. But um Your interaction's
1: been with two people, a ten year old boy and his dad.
0: Uh pretty much. I mean I <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. So we're gonna keep your interaction to a minimum. Yeah. Uh mine's been a lot more, and I have to say, uh, not great. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I think that they might be overworked, a lot of the people. Uh, we've been fortunate. The people in the hotel have been very gracious, very nice. But going outside of Hartford, I have to say my interaction with people have has not been great. Um, I have a story of where I went into a Target in New Britain, Connecticut to, oh, God.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: to help Ellie uh, get some things for school and checking out... Uh, It was a Saturday. And, you know, we have a a lot of little things. We have toothpaste and toothbrush and all the little things for her dorm room. And we had about $450 worth of items. So, you know, those little things add up. And we get to the checkout and the gentleman is checking us out. And like a quarter way in, Ellie says to him, do you have bags? Because he's putting everything on the counter. Come to find out they don't have bags. Well, I explained to him I was in an Uber I, I couldn't dump everything in the Uber trunk, and I'm going up to my hotel room. So could they help me find a bag somewhere, like an empty box? Did they have a recyclable bag? Um, he was not helpful. He basically said to me he could care less that I was going to a hotel or in my Uber, and, you know, too bad. So normally I would just leave, but we had been there for an hour and a half, so I just... I had to figure up, figure out a solution. So finally, I said to him, well, do you have a garbage bag? Because, you know, every counter has a trash bin behind it. So I figured maybe he can just give me one of his garbage bags and I'll just scoop all the stuff in there. And he said, oh, yeah, we have garbage bags. They're in the back aisle. So they're the back of the store. And at that point... I had to pull the whole Karen and can I talk I to you I was your just p- going to
0: say this sounds like it's leading up to a Karen moment.
1: It it definitely was, but before, no. Let me get it straight. When he told me to get the garbage bag and I was just about to say, "Let me talk to your manager." The girl who was checking out next to me, the the cash register girl at Target, the worker cashier the Cashier, yeah, th- thank you. They
0: call them cashiers, yeah, cash call
1: register on. girl. The cashier looked at me and said, Sorry, no, didn't even say sorry because I would have been more polite. She said, We can't pull a bag out of our ass.
0: Oh, nice. The classic, I can't pull it out of my ass.
1: I was like, Okay, now get me your manager, yeah. So, um, and the manager came. Nobody really said anything. No one apologized. I, of course, had words with her, and she walked away. And you know, I was pretty loud. Oh, so she
0: just did a drive-by on you. She did. She wasn't really ready. I told to her. Engage. To co-
1: I told her to come back.
0: Oh, you did. I told her to come oh. back. Uh huh. Oh. I said if she was. We had a Chicago moment.
1: We did. <laughs> we did. And Ellie was. A like, lot of people
0: don't understand. Denise is not a Karen. She's not a Karen because she won't just stand there and yell. It's no. going to lead to other things.
1: And Ellie kept saying, no, mom, no. And I was like, oh no, she's not gonna say this and walk away. So I asked her to come back.
0: <laughs> you asked her to come back. I, I did that start with a B come back here.
1: No, it didn't. Because oh, okay. if I'm I I need to you present it nicely.
0: You weren't going down to their level.
1: No. You I weren't. wanted her to come back, but I was gonna say it nice. And
0: you were about to rip a bag out of her ass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For sure, I could have okay. taken her. She was little. I could have taken her. My god. So
0: uh, yeah. Oh my god, your earrings would have been everywhere.
1: I had little hoops on, so <laughs> it would have been fine. My yeah. Uh huh. So you I to
0: fight the girl at Target. This is awesome. This is all while I was driving. It would have
1: happened so quick. No one would have even have noticed. Yeah. It was She would have been down. It would have happened so quick. So um, I got no satisfaction, and I have to say, every place I've called, everyone I've talked to, rude as can be. It is so it's crazy it's 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 so unbelievably crazy like like that girl said that to me who's a worker at target and still has her job and the manager that came didn't care and i left there thinking okay um one of two things about this target the customers that come in are so aggressive that it causes all of these employees to be aggressive back or
0: yeah I, i bet there's some of that for sure in fairness
1: Or it starts at the top, meaning that the upper management, like I just, the manager was a Saturday night manager at seven o'clock at night. Like he he looked frazzled, he couldn't be bothered with me. He ended up finding me a box and a reusable bag. So.
0: Mission accomplished.
1: Yeah, the manager did do something. I mean, here's what's interesting. Target has a rigorous management program. You have to be college educated.
0: They do. You could have fooled me. Go oh, on, no. tell me more.
1: You have to be college educated. You go through a training. That for, I don't doubt. For yeah. many many weeks, it's like they don't just hire people off the street. Uh, they take pride in their management program.
0: So to, I thought generally they bump people up through. Not the at
1: all. Zero. Really? It is it. So if you're just
0: a cashier, you can't. There's no upward mobility to become a to be, manager. You
1: have to be a college graduate.
0: You have to go to college to be a manager. if
1: there's a target worker out there or or a manager who says I'm wrong, let me know my understanding from everyone I know who has someone that has worked at Target, you have to be a man, you have to be a college, you have to have a college education to be a manager. There, of course, might be exceptions, of
0: course. Yeah, because, I mean, the reason I say that is because, you know, whenever I've been into a target where all the shelves are disorganized, there's stuff on the floor,
1: I have a completely different experience at Target. I've been going to Target for a hundred years. And whenever <laughs> I go to Target, everyone is really knowledgeable. The place is always clean. Really? There's always someone to ask a question to and they know the answer. And if they're laughing and having a good time, I immediately think like, oh, this is a good target to work in.
0: We've been in different targets then. We have. My because, experience in Target is not that at all. My experience is if I can find somebody.
1: Oh my God, I always find somebody. They'll point me in somebody. a direction
0: and that's fine, but that's really the most I can expect.
1: Oh, no. I've oh.
0: Sometimes- I've never, you just said target and people bend over backward to help you. I've never seen, those two thoughts are incongruous to me.
1: Every time I've asked somebody like, oh, where's this? They put down what they're doing and they start walking and I have to stop them and say, no, no, oh, no. Okay. Just point me in the direction. I've never- Okay, maybe I shouldn't use never. There have been times where someone's pointed like, oh, three aisles down," but generally they'll say, "Let me show you." So to maybe so, I'll,
0: maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'm being unfair, and maybe I'm just saying, I'm, maybe I'm just thinking, I'm walking into a retail store, and all retail workers act like this. So not, I'll be, I'll be, I'll pay more attention the next time. I'm going to specifically ask for something do the it. next time I go into a Target. It'll
1: be fifty-fifty. Either they'll point or they'll walk with you to show you where it is. They okay. generally walk with you. I mean, I'm happy with, with the point.
0: I don't need a walker.
1: I know I don't need a walker either, but my point is they do it. That is my point. They can okay. do it.
0: So moving on, mo- back to Hartford. Oh,
1: okay, so the people here aren't super overly friendly, I feel, and they drive like maniacs. They, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen uh, four to five people blow a red light.
0: They do drive like maniacs. Uh,
1: they will come ninety miles an hour on uh, your bumper on a freeway when you're in the middle lane. You're in the middle lane and they're doing 95 on your bumper. Uh, I've been-
0: To me, that wasn't, that's obviously people shouldn't be doing that. But to me, the bigger problem is what we saw last night, like a truck wanted to move over (laughs) into our lane Uh and there was a car in front of us midway into the truck.
1: Oh, we wouldn't let him in.
0: No, he slammed on his brakes to let the truck in.
1: The truck didn't go in because he didn't do it enough.
0: Right. And so he slammed on the brakes. He did that too. And then we had to slam on the brakes. We and had it's to. like, dude, just you're already halfway past the truck. Just finish. Like that's how the that's that's how the road works. You just kind of keep going past the truck. He's just letting us know behind him, like, hey, as soon as you're done doing whatever, like I'm signaling because you're going the same yeah. speed as me, and I want you to clear. So I can change lanes. It's so stupid. Anyway, um- uh,
1: I was at a stoplight. I want to tell you my experience. Uh, this was just one of many. It's a very dangerous city to drive in, and I'm an, I am a defensive driver. I I am very good. I've never been in an accident my whole life, uh, and this city is legitimately dangerous. So I'm at a stoplight, and I'm heading north, and there are people at the others, you know, heading south at the stoplight. There's like seven cars behind me, and Two cars decided, this is a one lane north, one lane south. So we have east and west people turning. Uh, They decided to hop out of the lane at the light and go an oncoming traffic lane to make a right-hand turn. So they were six cars behind me. It was like the six and seven cars, six, number six and number seven, that came out of the lane. They were right next to me to my left, which is oncoming traffic, and they turned right. It was unbelievably aggressive, dangerous. um, I don't know what. And two people did it. If it was a one-off, I would say, okay, he's on drugs. So does it mean two people are on drugs? Here's what I did find out. You can take your driving test here six times. Six times before they tell you you have to go back to driving school.
0: I know. And that really does explain a lot. It is funny. Uh, so I was in charge of driving Ellie's stuff up here, which was a tremendous mistake. It's weird. It's like the minute I got to New Jersey and then even into Connecticut, I realized like, Oh, I'm dealing with sort of a whole different breed of driver. I, we should have first. Uh, okay. Let's talk about that. She shipped her stuff at great expense. Uh-huh, it was expensive to the Florida house. huh. And then I had to drive it 19 hours all the way up the coast to get it here.
1: You know what's most ridiculous about it is that 80% of it was our clothes, and they're all thrifted. So we're talking about $2 items. Yeah. It Okay, bad parenting. Like, when- we learned a lesson the hard way, and unfortunately, we can't do a redo. But that was a lesson learned. Like, she should have just dumped it all, and we buy new things.
0: Yeah. So- uh to put a cap on the driving thing, yeah, the drivers were bad, and I noticed it almost right away, but I was already in a bad mood because I realized- Because <laughs> you were carrying the $2 day before shirts. before I left, so it took me two I split my drive up into two days. You guys just flew here, which ended up being great because the car was packed.
1: Yeah, we couldn't get with, in the car if we wanted to.
0: With junk. and so yeah, $2 shirts. Yeah, our stuff and then junk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so uh, and to the point where I just left her stuff in the car when I stayed overnight, I didn't care if somebody broke in the car and stole it all. <laughs> I was happy. James. I took my stuff out. I'm I just learning. didn't want them to break my window. That's all.
1: I'm learning this now. You left all of her stuff in the car.
0: I did. Yeah. Because it was nothing valuable in there. It's,
1: the window would have been I more I took valuable. out all the
0: valuable stuff. Yeah. And she had a turntable.
1: That was already smashed.
0: That was broken because she shipped it so poorly. And I, I mean, I We're was- We're not getting into this. I was livid opening up those boxes- And all I saw in my head was uh, all the money I had spent to have those boxes shipped for what was inside those boxes was ridiculous. And I told her to unload as much junk as you can while you're in Seattle so you don't have to pay to ship it. And I don't know. If she were here right now, she'd be arguing. She'd be saying, look, those are my, this is my favorite sweater. This is my this, this is my that.
1: This is very funny. She shipped $3 sweaters that she got at the Goodwill that we paid hundreds of dollars for, but left behind her sheets, which are so paper thin when (laughs) you you fold them up. So I had to buy all new sheets. I'm like, wait, this lays flat as a piece of paper. Yeah. Okay.
0: so we roll up to Trinity College the other morning with all of Ellie's junk and uh, it's time to move her in. You don't want to do it. I I'm so over. I was over the drive at that point. I was just like, get get a cart get something with wheels and oh, yeah. let's get all this stuff out of my car so I never ever have to see it again. Like I really am at that point with the kids where if you want to move at any other point in your life, I'm going to send you $500, you can get pizza and beer for all your friends and don't ask me for anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've made a rule very early on when Parker was in college, I move you once. That's the rule. Everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. And I've stuck to it with Parker and I stuck to it with Mia. But with Ellie, because she had such a traumatic first year and all of us, she was tearing at our heartstrings. I decided I would help her with the second move, but I was really salty about it the entire time. It wasn't like I was jumping up and down and like, can't wait to put these posters up again. No, I was like, get me out of here. And guess what? I ended up doing all the work. She literally hung 25 of her Goodwill t-shirts in the closet and I did everything
0: that's hilarious i did
1: every i set up that girl's room like i was so annoyed i came back here and was mad at you about it i didn't talk i was like how did i get wrangled into this when i was the one that said i'm never doing this you did
0: have a moment i mean look her pulling on our heartstrings was legit like she genuinely had a rough year and i get that her pulling on my wallet strings was not <laughs> worth the money of sending all that crap. All. We- and, and certainly not worth the 19 hours I drove to come up here. I had to come up. We, I had our equipment and everything. It would have cost way too much. Pro- I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I thought when we did our East coast run, we'd stop in the Carolinas. We would do this, we would oh, do yeah. that. We would have all these like little trips planned out. I got to do none of that because I got off work on a Friday, Saturday morning. I started driving for Connecticut. I and know.
1: I'm sorry. I had to
0: blast through. I, I would see these signs for all these great <laughs> cities off the 95. And I was like, oh, I've always wanted to just see Richmond, Virginia, you know? No, zing, all the way past it. It was so stupid. I have a friend, actually, uh, my friend Jeff texted me while I was driving Did you
1: pass his, the sign of his town? I literally town?
0: went past his house and I was so mad at the time because he texted me and he said you're not far from me and I didn't like I I put the trip in the map it told me the astounding amount of time it was going to take and I just started driving I didn't specifically look how it like curves you around the coast in uh-huh. the northeastern states uh, and I didn't realize that there was a wedge of Pennsylvania that I was going to be going through.
1: You literally passed his house.
0: I literally went past his house. It's so disappointing. So we're going to have to go back on the way back down in the middle of another 19-hour drive or whatever, unless you and I just figure out some other stops. But um, here's the it difference. Was, I was I. You can tell I had I had bitterness when I arrived on Sunday night. Oh,
1: for sure. But here's the difference between you and me. I would have started crying as I'm passing my friend's house, knowing I can't stop. I would have called you hysterical, told you how I hate my life and everyone in my family. And I cannot believe I have to pass my friend's house and take Ellie's stuff. You were so good. You just kept it inside.
0: Oh, Uh, I guess, I don't know, like Saturday after driving 10 hours, I shotgunned two beers just so I could go to sleep quickly. (laughs) And then I woke up at like 8.30 in the morning and was dreading the remaining nine hours. I
1: know. Well, we're never doing that again. So, uh, you know, lesson learned. And we did not take it our own, our own advice because we've said to people, only do a move once. You give that kid one shot and they do all the other moves and then we're moving a second time, but it's fine. She's done. Like, like she is done, done.
0: Yep. Pizza and beer.
1: Peace out, Ellie. <laughs>
0: Until you buy your first house. That's a wrap.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: So, But uh, I think she's good here. I mean, she seems really happy so far. It's week one, you know.
1: Oh, anything. could, anything could happen. Are you kidding? I anything. Know,
0: anything could happen. But so far, it seems to really be a school that suits her better.
1: Oh, yeah. It
0: looks so. like the campus is sort of reminiscent of her high school campus. So Agreed. You know, there's like a little Catholic church on the property. (laughs) There's like there's a statue of a monk out in the green.
1: You know what, though? It's not it's not faith based college.
0: No, it's not anymore. No. So she's happy. We're going to meet her for lunch today and then say goodbye from Hartford. But uh, but we'll
1: have to be coming back to visit. Oh, yeah. We'll
0: be back and we'll definitely be back to this hotel. Like I want to stay here as much as I can. Yeah,
1: it is a little oasis in the middle of the city. So, uh, yeah, I am any. Anything else you want to mention about Hartford?
0: The other thing I would add, especially in terms of food, is there is a little section where it's like, I think there's a Guatemalan restaurant. There are a couple of really good coffee shops. I had to walk all the way across the State Capitol Park, Bushnell Park, I believe it's called. Uh, I had to walk across the park to find this little lane. It was a really good place and there were a handful of restaurants and things to do there. And I was like, oh, okay. Like outside of Pratt Street and West Hartford, that was another little pocket. I just wish there were more pockets sort of linking them all of together. Course, you know what of I mean? Course, so yes. maybe they'll get there. I mean, it sounds to me like there's a plan in place with Pratt Street, and hopefully uh, that continues to blossom for Hartford. I mean, I, I, it's it's kind of like my hometown, Youngstown, where you feel like, damn, this is like 30, 40 years after an industry has left. It feels like it's ripe for opportunity, you know? Yeah. so. But the one thing I wanted to mention is I think there's such a disconnect between the college and the community because demographically they are two very different communities. You're talking about kids that can go to a very expensive school no matter what their ethnicity is, but they have the means. And then you have a very, very sort of working class, blue collar community surrounding the entire campus. It is true. It's not like um, a Harvard or... I mean, Harvard's a bad example because that's like the shining beacon in American education. but but the point, it's not like an Auburn or a Har- Har- Harvard or even a University of Texas in Austin or anything like that's that, true. where it's like where it's like the, the college is ingrained into the community fabric. You don't really feel that with Trinity. I know it's a smaller college. It's not really a fair comparison to compare a school with two thousand kids to a school like that. However, you just feel like there could be a little more, you know? Yeah. There, there could be a little more shaking of hands between all of the communities here. I don't know.
1: It agreed. It felt like Natchitoches, Louisiana to me, where you had that college that I think was called North Northwest...
0: Northwestern State. Yeah,
1: Northwestern State. Now, they had... It was a commuter school, but they did have a few thousand kids that lived on campus, yeah. and it felt very reminiscent of that, where the college is just really so separate from the city and what a shame missed opportunities on both ends
0: it really is and I mean in fairness the northwestern state they actually have three or four places where the kids can walk and go to there there was a bar the a bar a pizza place a burrito place or whatever it's true <clears throat> you don't have that here at Trinity no. at all you have a, a pizza place from what we saw
1: and you know what's also I found um surprising is that people rally around a good, college team and trinity's team has won their
0: football team yeah
1: yes so they've won are they like number three or something like that or number two i don't i know they're very in oh, the nascac what is NESCAC,
0: it the northeastern small college athletic conference so, so, they've so done- they have call them the little ivies basically
1: and, and Trinity's football team has done very well. So the fact that the city hasn't rallied around that college team is just a little surprising because it always seems that sports brings uh, cities and colleges together.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I again, I feel like there's just such a disconnect. And I think you would probably find like...
1: I guess when you're poor, you don't care about the very... Yeah, the
0: little rich kids up on the hill.
1: That's it. Yeah,
0: and, and that's fair. I totally 100%. get that. 100%. Um, I... I, I I don't know. It's, it's, but it's weird, like academically or institutionally, that you don't see more of a footprint with Trinity College around town.
1: Yeah. I mean, we are going to go visit New Haven, and we've heard over and over again that New Haven has really um, embraced Yale, different history. Uh, I don't know. Way more money. Way more money. Trinity has been around since 1800, so I don't yeah. know Yale when they when they first opened their doors. But New Haven is supposedly very different with regards to how they have opened up their arms to Yale and Yale vice versa. So we'll see how that is in comparison to Hartford and Trinity or or even Wesleyan. Wesleyan's only 45 minutes away, and that's another wealthy school.
0: So I don't know. Yeah, but the biggest thing that I think was surprising for me, I can't speak for you is how little of that vibrance exists right here in the city of Hartford. Arriving in downtown Hartford for me was just kind of like a big meh.
1: Anticlimatic.
0: A little bit anticlimatic, but uh, as you're gonna see in future episodes, it actually has become the gateway for us to Connecticut and opening our eyes to really, I've never spent any time, I've never been to Connecticut before. Either have I. Connecticut, I don't think was ever on my dartboard. And now all of a sudden, it's like, here we go again, turning into these fair-weathered friends rolling up into Connecticut. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, what about this place? What about that place?
1: I know, I laugh, I snicker a little because when you said it wasn't on your dartboard, I'm like, it wasn't even on my list. Like, dartboard, I was like, Connecticut? Yeah. I was like, no. So here we are, and yeah.
0: All right, so let's just get into it. Could you live here?
1: Not in Hartford.
0: Not in Hartford?
1: No, not even in West Hartford.
0: No? No,
1: it's pretty. It's more of the white picket fence, but... Uh, no, if I'm going to move to a suburb, it's not going to be con- it's not going to be West Hartford because it's just a suburb. So there's a million suburbs I can move to.
0: Oh, OK. What's your top five then? You get to a top five?
1: Hartford Prince Shop. That's it.
0: <laughs> wow. <Holy laughs> Hartford cow. Prince.
1: The Goodwin Hotel is number two. Yeah. Uh, Trinity College is number three. Uh, number four would be the fact that the city is very walkable. Uh, that's easy. That's you know, it's not overcrowded. And that's it. I don't have a five. You're digging right now. I feel like you're digging. digging. I'm really digging. And then the just bottom five, I've already said it. Uh, People are not nice here. Drivers are crazy. It's a food desert, very close to the city. The fact that you have to drive to more desirable areas is not, I, I don't know. I could get this anywhere.
0: You're always in your car. Yes, you're always in your car. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a top five or a bottom five because I didn't spend enough time to give Hartford a fair shake. So that's going to do it for the Hartford episode. More to come from Connecticut coming at you soon. Take them out.
1: Empty nest, full tank.
0: See ya. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.